Breaking news. Nerd news. All eyes on me. Unless soup's in the theater. Remember when we said we were done talking about the NBA? Well, we lied. Get used to it. Cleanse your colon. It's the shakedown. everybody and welcome to episode 20 of the shakedown I am 20 Austin. yeah we reached 20 as you oh can my tell God. our show is almost old enough to drink holy vaginas <laughs> so i'm austin stevens as you can tell dylan is back yeah and i am your host dan schweizer and i'm your recurring character dylan webster <laughs> so dylan i don't know if you've been keeping up but me and dan have been having this fight <laughs> yeah, I have been I've been keeping up with the fight because you guys talk about it through text message occasionally. Yeah, uh, I have to admit I did not listen to the last episode yet. That's fine. I kept meaning to, but then like, like it only pop, it always seems to like pop up in my Facebook at like eleven o'clock. That's all right. And I'm like, I don't have an hour to devote to listening to this. That's all right. I hear that my audio quality was crap because something happened to the mic and it was all crackly for the last like half of the episode. Yeah. It kind of went out. I haven't listened to it either. (laughs) And the sync went off for a little bit. I don't know how that happened. Weird. I did listen to the wonder woman though. That that one was good. Yeah. I was proud of that one. You guys did very well. Thank you. So proud of you guys. Thanks Dylan. Being being so good while I'm gone. Means a lot coming from you. You did try. (laughs) Uh, also, I love. Also, I love that you guys uh, promoted my show. Yeah, how'd it go? You, really talk about it a little bit. Yeah, it went awesome. Like, <clears throat> it was one of those things where, like, leading up to the last week, I was kind of nervous about how it was going to go. But once we got costumes on, everyone just kind of looked around. And they're like, "Oh, we're really doing this. This like, is a thing." Yeah, this is a thing. We're going to be in front of people in like a few days. And I mean, we didn't. I didn't get the. I didn't see like the turnout in the crowds that I thought we were going to get, but it was still decent enough. And we put on an amazing show. Like it was, it was so much fun. Yeah. It nice. was excellent. <clears throat> no, but I, I appreciate you guys promoting my show and saying nice things about me. Like when I, when I got to the end of that, I was just like, Oh, <laughs> they're, these, they're actually nice. We're actually yeah, friends soup. with you. Yeah. <laughs> now we hate soup. <laughs> no, For example, <clears throat> soup messages us and asks if he can be on the podcast again, and we all say no. I told actually him. Austin says no. I say no, and then Dan says I told you they would say no. <laughs> we, we were sitting at Gus's wedding reception, and he goes, "Can I come on the podcast again?" I'm, and I was like, "No." He was like, "Why not?" Because we brought you on as a hockey expert, and you were one hundred percent wrong about yeah. everything you said. Yeah, he was like. Nobody predicted that Nashville would do that well. I'm like, that's not the point. You were wrong about everything you said. Yes. You said that the that the Blackhawks would win in five. You said that it would be Blackhawks versus uh, the Capitals, and the they, Capitals didn't even make it to their conference finals. They both lost in the first round. No, the Capitals won the first round, lost the second. Did they? Yeah. Oh well, I wasn't paying ah, attention. But, but we don't have yeah, to pay attention. To the That's what we have soup for in yeah. the second round. Apparently, soup well, is terrible. Well, apparently, no, we don't yeah, have apparently soup not. for it. <laughs> so, oh, another fun soup story. So today at the movie, uh, and in true soup fashion, he leaves during the middle of it uh, naturally to yep. go get a refill or take a piss or whatever. Or maybe both. And then comes Probably. back, comes back in, sits down, and goes, "So my tattoo's starting to scab over." <laughs> Why did I need to know that? I don't care. How is that relevant to what I'm watching, I'm watching on this giant screen in front of me? It's like, I just, I just wanted to share. And you decided now was the time to share that. <sighs> he's such God, an idiot. He's just <clears throat> dumb. But uh, so during, also during the reception, um, you know, everyone's tinging their glasses for Gus and Brenda to kiss. And they do it. And this is like the 14th time it's happened. And Soup goes, yeah, Gus! <laughs> <laughs> and, and Gus just kind of like, you know, gives him a Gus look. And Soup gives him two thumbs up. And Gus returns the thumbs up. 
And like we're in the back of the reception hall. And just, not even up front? No, so like it's all the way across the reception hall. We see and where Gus you guys rank in Gus's life. I was I was appreciative of it. <laughs> well, I mean, we were on like Gus's family side okay. and and it was tables of like six or eight, depending on the table. So like Gus's family's kind of big. Um Yeah. But yeah, after that I go, man. Gus is the friend Soup really wishes he had. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Can you imagine how different Soup's life would be if Gus had been his best friend instead of us? <laughs> He'd be oh such a gosh. positive person. He also probably wouldn't cuss as much as he does. That's true. He's in the army. He would have gone in the army no he matter also what. Might, yeah. but he also, also might be even more annoying than he already is. Because he would have had a friend to support all the stupid things out of his mouth. Oh, man. Instead of friends like us that just sit there and go, shut the hell up. No, I don't think Gus would have supported everything. I just don't think he would have been as harsh about it. He would have been like, he'd just been like, you know, maybe that's not a great idea. Or he'd just been like, okay, Brandon, and then gone back to what he was doing. <laughs> and then Soup would have sat there like, who's Brandon? What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Soup's going to be alone forever. Taking it up the butt? Uh, a couple of those things. Both of those things. What did Austin say? I didn't hear him. Alone forever. Oh, alone forever? <laughs> alone forever taking it up the butt? <laughs> How yes. does that work? Uh, they make things for that. <laughs> it's a, Yeah. We won't go there because this is a family-friendly podcast. Is it Fuck though? you. <laughs> I'm telling was like, never mind. <laughs> All right, 10 minutes in and we've already used our one F word. Way to go, Dylan. Alrighty. I'm back, bitches. <sighs> All right. Do you want to get into geekdom? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anybody can talk? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought Austin. Was I'm I got sorry. I was writing them. down. I was writing down the time code, and then I also thought eh, I'll leave some space for the theme song, but I edit that in later, so I really don't need to. <laughs> just like I'll just sit here, let it. Oh, uh, I missed this. Let it play out. <laughs> so I missed this for the last two weeks. We've missed you. Now let's move on. <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh, the biggest news that came as quite the shocker is Han Solo lost its directors. Who did they? Uh, so I just want to, you know, talk about this a little bit, give our thoughts. Uh, so for those of you that don't know that are like living under a rock or something, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were the directors for the Han Solo solo Han movie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And apparently behind the scenes, there was some fighting. Um, I think the official report was creative differences, but there were some insiders that said that um, Kathleen Kennedy was really not pleased with the dailies coming back. And he Mm. was too, they were too improvisational with the actors that were like changing the script even oh. like changing the story to a point and they were really happy oh. with the story. So the fact that they were changing it, um, they weren't really pleased with that. So yeah, that makes it hard. The, yeah. The official report is that they left mutually due to creative differences on both sides. The insider report is they were just straight up fired because <laughs> the Kathleen Kennedy didn't like what they were doing. Interesting. Yeah. So well, normally you think, okay, the directors get let go, whatever. But there were three weeks left of production of principal, principal photography. photography. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, re- plus reshoots, which are always scheduled. And there was in, like but, five weeks of scheduled reshoots. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's like, that's several months of filming already. Yeah. That has their They've directorial stamp on it. They've been since like late February, right? Right, yeah. And so, th- just, I went into just oh my gosh everything is in disarray this movie is screwed um but the rumors were that ron howard was going to step in 
Mm-hmm. And eventually, I think the next day they hired him on. Yes. Um, so he is Which going to. Yeah, it's great. He is actually in. I think he was either rumored or in talks to do one of the prequels, too, because he has a really Ooh, good relationship yeah. with Lucasfilm. He, uh, he had been in talks to do The Phantom Menace, but something didn't work out with either his schedule or. Um, they should have made it work with his schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. He has stepped in for Han Solo. He's going to finish principal photography, do the reshoots, and then he's also going to do all of the overseeing of the editing for, like, okay, what does this movie need? How can I fix this? All All right. right. So I do feel a little bit better. Obviously, it's not ideal because any time a movie loses a director when it's almost done, like... Their stamp is still going to be on it, yeah. Like, even Ant-Man, like, Edgar Wright stepped away before it even started, and you could still feel that it was, parts of it were an Edgar Wright movie. Mm -hmm. Well, because, I mean, they went off of his script. They did do some rewrites to it, but not extensive. Yeah. Um, But so, that, after Rogue One, like, I had really high hopes for this movie. Yeah. And now I'm really skeptical about it. Although I do hope Ron Howard provides witty voiceover commentary. That would be amazing. I think I think Opie's gonna do just fine. Yeah. So God, that, that's weird that the kid that played Opie is now going to direct a Star Wars movie. He's good, man. He knows what he's doing. I mean, yeah, he's absolutely amazing. Knows what he's doing. I'm not saying he's not. It's just weird that, like, the show that I watched with my dad, this little redhead kid, that guy's now a director mm-hmm. for a movie, like a billion dollar movie franchise. He was in Happy awesome. Days too. Yeah, he was Richie Richie Cunningham. Yeah, what's his nuts from Happy Days? Richie Cunningham. Richie Cunningham. What's I just nuts? said that. I know. But well, you I, know his what? Friends, he prefers the name. What's his friends I were Ralph Mouth and Potsy, and he hung out with Fonzie a lot. Who? The Fonz. Who? Hey. Shut the fuck up. Okay. I know who Fonzie is. He better. Yeah, uh, he's Henry Winkler. Yeah. So do you guys have any any thoughts on this Han Solo thing? I am still cautiously optimistic about the film same yeah for the most part i like their casting i i still don't know how i feel about their han solo casting who is um, han solo uh i keep forgetting because he's not like a big name at least not in my no it's uh no it's oh, not shit. him um hold on it's some weird name. He was he was in Hail Caesar, and he was really good in Hail yes. Caesar. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Alden Ehrenreich. I just know Donald Glover is playing uh, Lando Calrissian. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm still excited about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm really excited yeah. about that. And so. Amelia Clark's in it, too, but mm-hmm. I don't know who she's playing. Yes. She's, she's, she's super cute, so. Yes. Positive. Yeah, see, so I like the cast. She's mother of Dragons. Um, oh, and Woody Harrelson's in it too. Yes, he is, and he's supposed to play Who's like it? Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah, I saw he's that. supposed to play like Han's like mentor of sorts. Yeah, his evil mentor. I guess smugglers aren't really evil; they're just kind of misguided. His yeah. misguided mentor. <laughs> his double M. His Marshall Mathers. Yeah. His okay. Mickey Mouse. Minnie Mouse? Mighty Mouse. There's a lot of mouses. <laughs> a lot of mice. Mice. <laughs> Mices. <laughs> Mises? <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh, since we talked about Amelia Clark, Game of Thrones is only about three weeks away. It's exactly yeah. three weeks from the time of this recording. Oh, that's true. I'm, I'm really very excited. excited. <clears throat> so I have our no episode, strong opinion whatsoever. Our episode in two weeks is going to be about Game of Thrones. Why? As as we prepare for the season. 
Why don't we just wait until it premieres and then talk about it? Be a terrible idea. I will be taking a nap during that episode. You're such a disappointment. It won't be any different than the last two episodes, then. I sure won't. <clears throat> I have to burp. I just burped. <laughs> okay. Uh, so moving on. Yay, moving. To some other big news. Yeah. Austin got a uh, car. The, I did, we did get a car. What kind? It's a Mitsubishi... Uh, Already uninterested. Outlander... Nope. Sport? I can't remember. Sport, yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah, it's Outlander, a crossover. I can't remember. Sport. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. It's a crossover. Nice. So that's why we are recording this an hour late, because we were at the dealership for like six hours. That's about four and a half hours too long. It yeah. was so long. We just sat there forever. Here's how simple it's it should annoying. be. Hey, I want this car. Do you have money? Yeah. Okay, let's go fill out the paperwork. I know. Sign, I hate sign, all the sign. Boop, sign. Boop, boop, boop. You get the keys. You drive off the lot. I hate all the negotiating and stuff. Because <clears throat> then you feel like you got taken it. advantage of. Because like, oh, we could have got it lowered. No, just tell me like, <clears throat> okay, this car is whatever, like 1500 Not 1500 15000 I was going to say, <laughs> Damn. you bought a broken car, no, sir. Tell me, like, okay, this car's 15000 Great. You didn't even buy a car. You just you bought 15, a shell. 000. There's no engine or anything. Like, I don't want to do, like, oh, I'll, I'll come down. No, we'll go up. Just screw the negotiating. Just, I want to, like, you walk into Walmart and you buy Legos at a could you, set could price. You please ne- could you please negotiate, like, Phoebe Buffet and Friends? I really the, wish I could negotiate car, Lego prices. This car is $30,000. We will give you $1. Yeah. I, hate, I don't like just the meet negotiating. in the middle. Eventually, yeah. I don't, I don't either. I don't, wanna, I don't like it. I like negotiating. I'm a pro at it. Because I always, like, undervalue <clears throat> things. Because I think of something and I was like, this is how much I want to pay for it. But I know yeah, that exactly. that's not near enough what it should be. Yeah. Like I look at a brand new car and think that should be $12,000. And it's brand always new. like 30 something or more. And you're like, and I was wow. like, where where is the 30,000 cuz you're making cars for cheaper now. Like Yeah. That's it's why they don't last as long. Yeah. That's why and you have just to buy like, a new car like every 3 years. Oh, maybe not or if you're free. If you're some people, you just walk in you're like, "Hello, I would like to buy this car for $12,000. Get out of my dealership." <laughs> I would like to buy this brand new Camaro for $12,000. Nope. Damn. How's $25,000 sound? Expensive. Hello, welcome to $17,50. That's why I get pissed off every time I see watch like movies from the 60s or 70s and they're buying a car. For $4,000? It's, like, it's brand new? Yeah. And you're just like, it's like what? Why, why couldn't I have been born then? Of course, of course, around that time, I'd probably have like $20 in my bank account. Yeah, yeah. probably. But then I would just steal the car, and they wouldn't be able to and catch me. And statistically, you might be dead already. True. I mean, let's be honest. If I <laughs> was alive and be able to drive in the 60s, I would be dead by now. Yeah, yeah you're not a very careful driver. I'm also fat and very unhealthy. <laughs> Eventually, Father Time would have caught up with me. Medical science is proving <laughs> that I'm not going to Ah, you're long. saying if you were born in the 60s, you'd currently be dead. Yeah. Okay. Currently be dead probably from like a heart attack or high cholesterol or something. Yeah. Well, you certainly wouldn't Diabetes. be on this podcast. I would not. Because it'd be weird for you to be friends with people this much younger than you. What, two years? Three years? If he was born if, in the 60s and we were still born in the 90s. If you were still 90s. born in the 90s. Oh, I thought we were like all <laughs> shifting back. <laughs> Like, if Dylan's going back, we're all going back. Because <laughs> then I was also I like, well, there weren't podcasts this. in the 80s. So, so, so instead of me being an older guy with two young guys, we're all old and talking about Marvel movies and Game of Thrones and other shit. You know those podcasts do exist. I know. Yeah. And it's, it's great, honestly. I love it. <laughs> oh, Let's get geez. back to... Get Other back to news. this thing we're doing. Yeah. Whatever the hell we were talking Let's about. Let's get off this tangent and try and figure out what is going on with Sony and Spider-Man. 
Ah, yes, I saw this today as well. Yeah, so, so I saw nothing today. Other okay, than the trailer for. So Spider-Man you remember like a we'll week ago when uh, Kevin Feige and I can't oh, remember the first thing? name Pascal. Yeah, okay. said uh, we're in an interview together, and Pascal was like, "Oh yeah, Venom's part of the Spider-Man universe," and Feige looked at her like. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. um, since then, they have clarified their stance. I'll let Austin explain it. Yeah, so she says this. Everybody freaks out and thinks, oh, great, Venom and Sable and Black Cat are going to be in the MCU because she said in the Spider-Man universe. Feige says, no, we, we're not talking about that right now. We don't have plans <laughs> for that. And then Amy Pascal clarifies and said, no, I just meant in the Spider-Man <laughs> universe not the mcu yeah she said in marvel comics they are all in the same universe however the the mcu is separate from the comic universe and spider-man is part of the mcu right now because he needs to be however venom and these other movies will not be part of the mcu which is absolutely stupid Yeah. Yes. Doesn't make any sense. Basically, Sony was like, we really want to make these movies. Let's try and force Marvel into putting these in the MCU. And so she said it in an interview. And then Feige and the whole Marvel lot were like, we're not doing that. No. (laughs) And and they were like, going to come like pleading to Sony. Like, well, Sony just thought, well, if we say it's true, then there will be too much pressure for them to not accept it. And Marvel was like, shut up. And they were like, oh, right, we don't have any sway here. Marvel's like, we got our own things going on, and you guys have been irrelevant for years. Sony's like, oh, right, we already signed a contract that gives them Spider-Man for three years. Yep. No, three movies. Is it only three? Three movies, though. Well, it's. I thought it was basically like through 2020. Won't become. No, more it's movies? two. It's two mm. Marvel films and three Spider-Man films. Ah, so beautiful. it's it's Civil War, Infinity War, and then the three the Spider-Man trilogy is all Marvel. But does wait that means Spider-Man's not gonna appear in one of the Infinity Wars? I would assume not Correct. the first one. They might work it out, but. He's in the first one. <clears throat> oh, he's in, that's right. He is in the first one. Yeah. It was your idea. <laughs> well, my ideas are shit anyway, so. <laughs> Look where uh, they've gotten me this far. But it's just so stupid. Yep. It's so stupid that Sony's trying to build a Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah, that makes no sense. Spider-Man universe. Yeah, and now that, that's... like, that really narrows what Marvel can do in the solo Spider-Man movies. Exactly. Because Venom's a huge, huge villain. So, like, are we going to have two, are we going to have two Venoms? Like, are we going to have an MCU Venom and are we going to have a Sony Venom? That's another thing that I saw that they asked Feige about and he was like, well, I would never say never. However, I say that about a lot of things. You could ask me if Superman's going to be in our universe, and I would say I will never say never. <laughs> yeah. Is it like? Is that going to be like how we had uh, two Quicksilvers? <sighs> could be. It would be, yeah. Uh... Oh. But that at least made sense. Yeah. Because that was, like, Fox and Marvel were not doing any sort of crossover. Sony and but Marvel the... are doing a legit cr- crossover had... thing. But then they still had the Highlander moment where there could be only one. Yeah, naturally. And Fox yeah. has survived. Well, yeah, because his is better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It just... I'm not happy with it, and I think Sony is stupid. <clears throat> and should just give give Spider-Man back to Marvel just, permanently. Just, give just everything. <clears throat> just give it up. Give up the ghost. Give up... So I'm starting to be so annoyed with Sony that I think I'm going to give up my PS4 and go back to Xbox. What? Well, that's actually that's a whole other story. But. <laughs> yeah, they're decent at video games. It's just they're Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, I, I like that the Xboxes are backwards compatible. And 
PS4 is not. That's true. It's limited. Yeah. Yeah, but the games that I can't do are the games I want to play. Like the old Assassin's Creed games. Right. Can't you just get those on the PlayStation Network? I probably can. I just don't want to. <laughs> well, then that's a you problem. That's not yeah, a that's Sony a you problem. problem. That's not a Sony problem. I still blame Sony. <clears throat> that's well, fine. Let's just fine. put a bunch of blame on tonight. Sony. Yeah, look into it tonight. Okay. Because I'm already getting rid of my PlayStation 4, and you were one of the people I was like, well, if I ever want to play one of my PlayStation 4 games, I'll just go borrow theirs. <laughs> It was yeah. you and my little brother. And my little brother is going to be moving to Bloomington. He is? Probably next well, and year. You, and you borrowed my uh, Assassin's Creed trilogy. This is true. By the way, how far, <clears throat> how far you gotten on that? Not very. I didn't figure. Nice. As I told you, I work a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, some of you out there might be thinking, hey, Transformers came out this weekend why aren't you guys talking about that yeah and this segues into film and tv a little bit uh because uh, michael bay is a piece of shit yeah transformers is terrible now <laughs> well it's funny like i went to the theater today and i went to the one i used to work at so one of my ma- old managers came up to me and she's like hey you come to see transformers <laughs> like no nah, i gave up on that after the second movie <laughs> Yeah, the last one I almost fell asleep in because there was too much action. Like, it was just sensory overload, constant action. so much action, Austin fell asleep. Yeah. I watched it, and I don't remember a lick of that movie. I don't either. And this one didn't look any different. It was the trailer, two and a half minute trailer was constant action. Yeah. Yeah. So, whatever. I skipped it. And I'm just it happy seems- this is the last one. Well, they're doing all the spinoffs now. Oh, God. Yeah. There's supposed to be a Bumblebee movie set in the 80s. Oh, my God. But it won't Stop. be directed by Michael Bay. It'll be nice to see one not directed by Michael Bay. True. That'll um, be refreshing, maybe. But oh. it had <clears throat> a really terrible 69 million opening weekend. Oh, on a 217 oh. million budget. Oh. See, that's, that's the thing good. is like people, I just, I've said this for a while. I think people are really sick of them. They'll still get like the younger kids in because they're like, oh, it's Transformers. It's cool. Yeah. But like, yeah. It's, just, uh, it's like not our, cool. People anymore. in our demographic are just over it. Uh, Transformers <clears throat> is comparable to Pirates of the Caribbean in that. People who have seen previous ones don't really care that much anymore. No, they've just really, really fallen mm. off. Yeah, because the last Transformers of last night had the worst opening weekend of all of them, and it was yep, projected to be huge. And it was just everybody was just like, "Nah, I'm done." Yeah, uh, Transformers is so bad that I couldn't even put in the effort to enter my name to go to a private screening of it for free with Caterpillar this or next weekend. <laughs> it's next weekend in a pretty nice theater in Peoria. It's free. I would have done it for free. private screening. I just really don't care. But that's like two and a half hours of your life you're giving up. Like he could do something productive in that two and a half hours. That's true. He won't, like, but... like sleep. Yeah. Yeah, that's two and a half hours you can use to sleep. It's probably right in the middle of my sleep schedule. <clears throat> and spoiler alert, I work 12 hours Friday night and then 12 hours Saturday night. So oh I kind of need that sleep. What is your yeah. life right now? Uh, this, work, <laughs> and sometimes contributing to, this, to, the, to the show Austin and I are writing. And preparing to have, have a child. Not you personally, but... Yeah, I'm like, not really preparing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we can move on from Transformers. And oh, please do. Because instead of that, what we are talking about is Dylan, like we mentioned earlier, saw All Eyes on Me. Yes, I did. So The two-pack movie. Yes, yes so for is film the- and TV, we will be talking about that. 
this. I saw I saw All Eyes on Me, which is the uh, Tupac biopic, and biopic, biopic, whatever. I call it biopic because that's how it looks. If you want a biopic, put a dash in there. I like biopic. Go on. So anyway, um, I, w- I want to see it because I've always been intrigued by Tupac and his music and mm-hmm. just kind of the story behind him. Um, also, I went and saw Straight Outta Compton when it came out in theaters, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. I went and saw that twice in theaters. I liked it so much. Wow. And then I immediately bought it on Blu-ray when it came out. So I thought this was going to be kind of along the same lines of it. Um, it, I mean, it's the same basic concept, you know. Right. Take, you're taking the, uh, someone from the inner cities and showing their upbringing and just how they got to be where they are in the position of power they're at. But it's not the same style as Straight Outta Compton. Um, the beginning, it kind of jumps around a lot because the setup behind it is he's doing this interview uh, from prison when he was in there and the guy's asking about his childhood and all that so it kind of takes you from the prison to his childhood back to the prison to a different part of his childhood prison back prison back prison back ah. and it does that for about the first hour of the movie okay and then you finally get to a point where it stops jumping so much and it kind of goes along the timeline as it should uh-huh. and then he gets in prison and they go back to kind of the interview setting and then you kind of see his life in prison and then he gets out. Then you kind of see him with Death Row Records up until uh, he's shot and killed. Okay. So <clears throat> the beginning of it, the timeline kind of jumps around, which I'm not a fan of that style. Mm-hmm. Just because I'd like yeah. it to be you know, in order. <clears throat> you like your traditional chronological order. Yes, I do. Like I like, the, like, I like the idea of you opening up on his childhood from a moment there instead of having to set up that moment just like like this is where we're at and then flash forward to however many years later and then you go from there like I like that kind of style hmm. um, overall I, it was still a very good movie uh, Demetrius Ships Jr. who plays Tupac this is his first acting gig ever hmm. he's oh. he's uh, I saw an interview. He was on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. He's never done a movie, TV, nothing like that. Um, he's just always gotten the comments since he was young that he looks like Tupac. Hmm. Yeah, so, he does look like Tupac. Dead on. Like, perfect. Like, you, could, you would almost think that they're, like, related. Like, he's one of Tupac's kids or something. Like, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> Maybe he is Whoa. Tupac. Whoa. Whoa. Pretty sure he's too old for that. Pretty sure he was born before Tupac died. Uh, look that up. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, uh, so, anyway, like, he does a really good job. But, oh, sorry. So, uh, Demetrius Ship Jr. was told that he's looked like Tupac pretty much most of his life. And then, finally, there's, like, an open casting call for the movie. So, they said, hey, why don't you go to this? And then, he basically got the part from that. Like, he walked in, he looked the part, and then they just kept bringing him back for callbacks. And they, I think I read somewhere where they said every time he came back, he just kept doing better and better. So we, and we liked him so much. Plus, he looked so much like the part, we gave it to him, and he ends up doing a really good job with it. Nice. And then they brought back uh, the actor who played uh, Biggie Smalls in uh, Notorious. Oh, nice. So I thought oh, that was a good. I thought that was cool. a good. I thought that was a good sense of keeping uh, continue continuous characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. So yeah. is this a shared universe? I mean, kind of. Nice. I don't think it's so much that same thing, but I mean, technically it could be. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed though. They did not get um, the. They did not get the guy that played uh, Dr. Dre in Straight Outta Compton. Uh, Why did they cool. get the? Nor did they get the guy who played Snoop Dogg in Straight Outta Compton, because that dude looked just like Snoop Dogg when he was in high school. Yeah, he did. Like, the casting for Straight Outta Compton was so good with pairing up guys that looked exactly like the people they were playing. It was ridiculous. But they did. Mm-hmm. They still, I mean, this, uh, All Eyes on Me still had very good casting. Um, All Eyes on Me, similar to Straight Outta Compton, showed just how much of a psychopath Suge Knight was. Suge <laughs> Knight was crazy 
and not in any kind of good way. Like, like just bad oh, crazy. Yeah, like stick a knife in crazy. his eye crazy. Stick a knife in other people's eye crazy, like with other people around. Oh. Like he did not care. If you wrong Suge Knight in any sort of way, he would murder you in front of a crowd and not even worry about the consequences. Okay, first of all, I'm flashing back and forth between images of them, and one of these, they're tilting their head the same way, and I swear it's the same fucking person. Tupac. Demetrius. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. Demetrius. I'm telling you, dude. But also, uh, Demetrius was born in 1988. Tupac died in 96. Yep. Ah. So, no, it is not Tupac reincarnated. All right, it still well, could be one of Tupac's kids, though. Yeah, like he was at—he was at one of the heights of his uh, fame in the '80s. So, no, but it—it uh, it was funny that at one point in the movie, like he finally gets signed to a label, mm-hmm. and then they show him at the concert, and he's just like a hype man. I was like, wow, think about that. At one point, Tupac Shakur was a hype man. Like, he, he wasn't the lead voice in a group. He was just, like, kind of there. Like, that's kind of the ultimate, like, working your way up story. And I also was not aware that Suge Knight bailed Tupac out of jail. Well, like Somebody Tup- had to. Well, Tupac's bail was set at uh, $1.2 million. And he didn't have it because his record label was not paying him because he was in prison. And they made up other reasons as to why he couldn't get paid for this or this or this. So he called in a favor with Suge Knight, who, I mean, has had his back, had had his back for years. And Suge came in with a suitcase full of money and a contract. He's like, you sign with death row, I pay your bail right now and we go out to Cali. And that's (laughs) literally what happened. Like, he bailed him out, got on a plane, went out to California and started recording. And it's nice. funny because, like, in that in the scene where they depict that, he gets off this jet, gets his death row le- death row uh, record chain, goes into the studio and starts recording "California Love" nice. with Dr. Dre. And his first line in it is, um, <clears throat> "Oh, I'm trying to think of what exactly it is." Uh, out on bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming. Nice. I was like, "That's perfect." Uh, yeah, I just like there's so, and there was so much I just learned from the movie about his life that I was not aware of, and like I for, and I also forgot that he and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith went to high school together. Nice, and they oh. were like really close friends and kept in touch throughout the years. Mm-hmm. I did I did know that she was friends with him. I did not know that he dated Quincy Jones's daughter. Oh. I did not know he had a beef with Quincy Jones. <laughs> uh, like just oh so much so much information and it was. I mean, it was just a really good, really good movie. Was um, Tupac in California in the late in late nineteen eighty seven, early nineteen eighty eight? He probably would have been, yeah, because according to the movie, uh, his mom sent him. His his mom was he and his family. He his mom and his sister were living with his. Uh, stepdad in new york Mm -hmm. his stepdad was one of the leaders of the black panthers there and then he was arrested by the fbi for the murder of two police officers so they got uprooted from new york went and lived in baltimore and then his mom uh, got on drugs and then shipped them off to live with a friend in california in the early 80s so it is distinctly possible he would have been 17 when Demetrius Ship Jr. was born. There you go. Demetrius Ship Jr. is from Carson, California, which is in Los Angeles County. Just say it. <laughs> it I mean, you can't rule it out. I think we've cracked this thing wide open. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. I just now thought of a conspiracy theory for my next uh, conspiracy theory party, which, yes, I have been to one. It was yeah, fun. I know. You told me about it. It was super fun. So yeah, that's my that's gonna be my one for the next. Oh my for the gosh. next party. That's my conspiracy. The Demetrius Schiff Jr. is actually was the last Tupac's. one about Paul McCartney is dead. Uh, no, this one was about JFK's assassination oh, okay. and how it was 
orchestrated by the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and uh, the U.S. government. Yes. It Paul was. McCartney's Dead is my favorite. I love I, that. That was going to be the one I used next, but now I'm going to use this because it's more current. Demetrius Great. Ship Jr. is actually Demetrius Tupac Jr. <laughs> Demetrius, Demetrius Shakur. Shakur Jr. Tupac Shakur Jr. No, but so anyone that's wondering about going to see All Eyes on Me, I do recommend it. I don't think it was as good as Straight Outta Compton, but I was entertained even though Soup was there ruining it. How many cigars do you give it? That's your rating system, right? Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers, that's right. How many How many cheeseburgers out of five cheeseburgers? Uh, oh, is it only out of five? I thought I it did know. ten. You keep changing it. I'm going to go with ten because okay. I like the ten scale. Because um, he really wants <clears throat> ten cheeseburgers right now. <laughs> Dude, I, I've eaten too much today. I couldn't even... Oh, God. Anyway. Um... <clears throat> I gave straight. I would give straight out of Compton ten out of ten. Like Ooh, I loved it my. that much. Ooh. Uh, All eyes on me. I will give a seven and a half out of ten. Ooh. Um, acting was pretty good. I just it's you literally just, just like, like that, that first hour first jumping hour of back editing. and forth. Mm. But I like I like well. the story it had to tell. Um, there's a lot of titties. <laughs> well, not a lot, a lot, <laughs> but enough. Well, enough that he liked yeah. it. Yeah, that's what got the half star. There's, Half cheeseburger. There's, there's basically like a whole uh, scene where it's like him in his hotel room and you know, all the bitches are around. <laughs> uh, it also delves into a little bit of his uh, rivalry with Biggie. Yeah. And how that came to pass. Yeah. Well, cool. There's also a uh, little bit about like his beef with Snoop Dogg even. And I didn't even know he had a beef with Snoop Dogg. I feel like everybody has a beef with everybody. Yeah. Well, they had a beef because they, well, obviously they had this rivalry with uh, Puff Daddy and Biggie Smalls because it was the whole East Coast, West Coast rivalry. And Snoop Dogg came out in an interview and said, oh, I don't have a problem with them. They're my homies. So Tupac and Suge Knight were like, what the hell, dude? Like, it's East Coast, West Coast. You have to have a beef with them. They're not your homies. We are. Like, we've had your back. And there's a scene where they're all getting on a private jet. And Snoop knows that Suge is crazy. <laughs> and Suge says to Snoop, all right, get on the plane. But then he says to Snoop's crew, no, no, we're full. You guys got to go. You can find your own way. And Snoop's just kind of looking at him. And he gets on the plane. And he's, like, locking eyes with everybody. And he goes to his seat. And he's like, oh, it's like that, huh? And then Snoop kind of looks into the, where, like, the bar area is, finds a knife, hides it under his arm, sits down, puts a blanket over him, and I was like, Snoop is a thug. Snoop was ready to take everyone down on that plane. That was a Mexican standoff 35,000 feet in the air. My goodness. Oh, it's crazy. I was just sitting there, and I was like, yeah. Straight thugs. And everyone gets off the plane totally fine. Ah, good. Oh, good. Okay, And then a few hours later, Tupac is shot. Oh, not so good. Like, they get off the plane in Las Vegas for the Tyson fight. Right. And then, I I also for one fight. I also love that, uh, like the end of the movie is basically like that whole drive after the fight, and Tupac is in the car with Biggie, or not Biggie, uh, Suge Knight, and there's one point where they're in there, and this is an actual story. Someone was driving past, and stopped at a red light and called out Tupac and took a picture of him, and that was like ten minutes before he died. And they show that in the movie. I was like, ah, oh. because they show him like looking over to the car, uh-huh. take the picture, and then they go to the next light. They stop talking to these girls, and another car pulls up on the other side, and he goes and gives the same look, and then pop, 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 pop. Oh, man. I was just like, I love how they got him to make the same look twice for completely different situations. Yeah. Mm hmm. Nice. Uh, all right. it was, no, it was a good movie. Uh, I like Demetrius Ship Jr. I'm looking forward to seeing where his career goes from here. If he's strictly just going to play Tupac the rest of his life, or <laughs> probably more Tupac stuff. Do, if, if he's going to do some other stuff, but yeah, I'd like to Great. give quick background information on the Lay Miz comment about soup. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When Lay Miz came out in theaters. Dylan and I were living together, and I was like, Dylan, you want to go to... But not, not like that. <laughs> we were we, roommates. We were roommates as friends. 
We weren't plugging up butts or anything. I hope not. <laughs> not that you were aware of. <laughs> well, anyways, we're getting ready to leave, and Austin and Soup show up, and they're like, hey, guys, and I'm like, we're about to go to Les Mis. Dylan and I are theater guys. Like, we've been in the theater. We like to sing all that jazz. Well, they know I am. I was just in a show. Exactly. I'm wearing the t-shirt for that show. They can't see that. I know, but I want to relay that information. All right. Well, anyways, so I know that we want to see it. I know that Austin and Soup are not musical guys. Well, and also to clarify, you had seen Les Mis before. Had you not? Or at least, uh, like, knew a little bit about the show. Well, I'd seen the show, but, I mean, this was... Yeah, the you, first you'd seen the show. The, yeah, and I, the I didn't. I knew nothing about Les Mis. Yeah, I knew what the show was. No one else did. Soup and Austin are like, "Oh, we'll come." I was like, "No." Austin goes, "No, no, no! It's a star-studded cast. I heard it's really good. I want to go." I say, "No, neither of you are going to enjoy this film." Austin goes, "No, no, no! I want to go. I need to see this." Soup goes, "Yeah, yeah and if he's going, I'm going." <laughs> We, so I'm like, we told both of them I, I'm to like, go see a different yeah, movie. Yeah, I was like, all right, I fine. knew what Les Mis was, though. You clearly didn't. You did not. I so did. You so knew it was a got, star-studded cast in a movie. We got there. I knew it was a I'm musical. Like, last chance, please buy tickets to a different movie. <laughs> and they both go, nope, we're going. Soup left eight times during the movie. One point, he was gone for 20 minutes. He came back, and I was just like, why don't you just stay gone? He was like, I paid to see the movie. I'm like, well, you're not seeing it! I believe he came back and said, is it still going? Yeah. Yes, Soup, we have another hour, probably. We got out, and Soup's just like, that was such a depressing movie. I'm like, it's called The Miserable! What did you expect? He doesn't speak French. (laughs) Look, look, look. I I despise that movie, but I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> I was so upset with you two for coming. Well, like, it's funny because like me and Dan are leaving talking about how good it was and like how good everyone was in and it. Austin's and Austin's super like, it was so depressing and like, so oh, sad. Like, oh, that was Guys, terrible. Look, everyone but, was crying at the end. <laughs> I very much appreciate the film. I know <laughs> that it is good. I personally cannot watch a movie that only has two lines of spoken dialogue and is three hours long. I warned you. What spoken dialogue was that? I know. But I didn't. I sat there quietly and yeah, I, I can at least give Austin credit because he has, sat throughout the entire movie. Because Austin's a good like. movie goer. I watched yeah. the whole thing. Soup is terrible. <laughs> Soup, got, during All Eyes on Me, Soup got up four times. And at the end he said, that was a good movie. How would you know? <laughs> We just need to, if we ever go with him again, we're and that's a big if. For him. Yep, well, the, and we're gonna like hog tie him down to the seat so he can't go anywhere. <laughs> Although we have to go to the Werenberg when they get the new seats in. Werenberg. When they when they get the recliners in, we have to go there. Naturally, that's the only okay. theater I want to go to then. Forever. It's the only theater I ever go to. Unless okay, I go to Ovation because they have good food. I still haven't been to Ovation. Oh, so good. I need to go. You get food brought to your seat. Yeah, I know. Like there's a button you can press at I'm any aware. point. And there's Which one booze. is Ovation? It's the old. Uh, it's on a Tawanda Palace. Oh, the old right. Palace. Yeah. yeah, they re they renovated that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You get, right. There's a there's a bar. There's full service staff. So like halfway through the movie, if you're like, I want some nachos, you hit the button and they come and they're like, and they're like, hey, I would like some nachos. They come out, they're like, what do you want this time? <laughs> <sighs> Will it be a fourth nacho, Mr. Webster? <laughs> hey, I don't get nachos. I get the giant ref- I get the giant bowl of popcorn that they say is refillable, but I've never had to refill it. <laughs> You really need to try to refill. It regenerates, I swear to God. There's a little <laughs> empty space that opens up when you get halfway through that just fills up the rest with popcorn. That doesn't make sense. It would fill. It would fall out the bottom. No, not the way this one's designed. <laughs> like, All right, well, you, let's move on to sports. Yes, yeah. sports. Uh, so, quick sports. You okay there? <laughs> yes. Me? 
Dan, Dan just put his head on the ping pong table <laughs> as if so to say, track. what the hell is wrong? So All off right. track. So a quick sports. Uh, quick sports. If you thought that... The Nibba draft just happened. Yeah. And we've said pretty much every week, all right, we don't have to talk about the NBA anymore. <laughs> I told you we would have to briefly to talk about the NBA draft. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so if you thought the Bears had a bad draft, oh my God. Just leave Chicago. The, the Bulls said, hold my beer. Yeah. Literally. Because <laughs> here's, th- here's the thing. <clears throat> yeah, break it down. The Bears <clears throat> traded away a lot for their future. Yes. Like the near future of Mitch Trubisky taking over as quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Yes. The Bulls traded away away everything for nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. The Bulls, in their fit of brilliance, Gar Foreman and John Paxson. Gar Pax. Yes, Gar Pax, as they will henceforth be mentioned on the podcast. Gar Pax decided in their fit of brilliance that they are finally going to give Fred Hoiberg the roster he wants. Instead of, you know, doing that from the beginning or, you know, hiring a coach that fit the players you already had on your roster. Nope. Instead, they're now going to buy into the Hoiberg system and they trade away their best player and uprising NBA all-star Jimmy Butler to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Chris Dunn, a player that they liked last year in the draft, but showed in his rookie year that he's hot garbage. And... Zach Levine, who dunks really well. <laughs> and, and their wow. number 16 pick. Oh, uh, the Bears or the Bulls traded Butler and their 16 pick to the Wolves for those two players and their number seven pick. The Bulls then use their number seven pick on a very tall white guy who can shoot threes. Yeah. Because that fits the Hoiberg system. Hoiberg likes to shoot threes. Then okay. they went and drafted uh, I'm trying to think of his name, Jordan Bell mm-hmm. from Oregon. And I was literally, I was on Twitter when this happened. And I'm looking at all like the sports guys I follow, like, oh, this is such a great move. This is great for the organization. Oh, he's a good player to build around. And, and two minutes him. later, literally two minutes, as if to say, oh, we did something good. Let's change that. The Bulls traded away Jordan Bell to the Golden State Warriors. For cash. No draft Why? pick. No draft pick. No other player. Cash. Cash money. That was it. When you're trying to rebuild a team, you don't trade away draft picks for nothing. Sure you do. Money's important. Yeah, because Jerry Reinsdorf needed to pay Louis Robert somehow. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, Jerry Reinsdorf is the owner of both the Bulls and the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox just... They just signed a contract with a Cuban player for a lot of money that they don't have. So they needed money. Reinsdorf was able to do that by financing basically through the Chicago Bulls. Well, yeah, the White Sox are going to trade Jordan back to the Bulls. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I I was not happy with the Butler trade because I love Jimmy Butler. Yeah, me too. I loved him ever since, like... It was. It became clear that like Rose and Noah were not long for this organization. Yeah. And then all the reports started coming out of how hard Jimmy Butler was working. And I was already a fan of how he played. But then like after he kind of na- made a name for himself, the next offseason, like he comes out and the report is that he didn't have cable. He didn't have internet, video games, nothing. He literally woke up, went to the gym, played ball, Eight, went back to the gym, played ball again. Eight, went back to the gym, played ball again, fell asleep, started the whole thing over again. Suddenly working. And I love guys that do that because it shows their dedication to wanting to A, be better, and B, be part of a winning organization. And the Bulls basically have proven with this trade, in my opinion, that they're not about winning. They're not a winning organization. They are. Nope. They're pretty much embracing the tank right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and lose as much as possible to get a good lottery pick next year, which honestly, if that was your plan, why did you try so hard to get into the playoffs this year mm-hmm. when you could have gotten, you know, a lottery pick? Like if you just sit 
Jimmy and Dwayne and anyone else that was halfway decent this year for that last like two weeks of the season and just tanked and played like absolute crap, you wouldn't have made the playoffs. You wouldn't have wasted those, what, six games that you did play? Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, that's what it was. And you could have gotten a lottery pick. You may not have gotten the first pick overall. Would have been very unlikely. But still, you could have been in the top ten already, which you traded up into. Yeah. And just... Uh, Jimmy Butler's agent tweeted out after that trade. Yeah. uh, 0-82. No, not his agent, his trainer. Oh, his trainer? Jimmy was on vacation in Paris during the draft and got the... His he was they tried to reach him personally. I was from the reports I saw. They tried to reach Jimmy personally, but they couldn't. So instead, they called his agent, and then his agent called Jimmy to let him know that he had been traded. Damn. Jimmy told his trainer, and his wow. trainer immediately tweeted out, "I will find the tweet for you guys right now." It it was implying it said Owen eighty two in the tweet, and it yeah. directly implied without Jimmy, the Bulls are going to go Owen eighty two. The tweet was Owen eighty two. Worst culture in the league. I met drug dealers with better morals than their GM. He is a liar and everyone knows. I mean, so he's, he's not far off. He's met drug dealers. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's far off. Garpax is complete garbage. And at their press conference, they get up there and said, we've decided to stick to a path and we're going the rebuilding route. Why do you not do that once, you're, once you've already committed to hiring a new coach? First off, you didn't need a new coach. Thibodeau was awesome. You fired Thibodeau because he didn't agree with your views. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Thibodeau was again. Thibodeau was awesome. He didn't no, He didn't win a title, but he got to, he he got you to the conference finals. He got you in the playoffs every year, and he was continually getting better despite having a point guard who was hurt most of the time. That is true. His MVP point guard that was hurt most of the time he was there. You and then you get yep. him a player like Jimmy Butler who was growing and becoming better. If you keep him and let him develop under Jimmy, which, by the way, he's now going to get that chance because he's going to Minnesota where Thibodeau is the coach and the president of the organization. Wow. Just, oh, uh, boy. Like, uh, it, well, good for Jimmy. I'm it proud almost, of him. It almost makes me want to become like a Timberwolves fan. Uh, I'm just Because I like Jimmy Butler that much. I'm just not a, a fan of Yeah, but then the I remember NBA the basketball stupid. I... I think we should all commit as a podcast to becoming more interested in the Big Three League, which is just a giant three-on-three tournament. Ooh, I like that. It was founded by Ice Cube. And, like, there's no coaches. The players are the coaches and the captains. So Allen Iverson is a player-coach-captain. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's all, like, NBA legends. It's not young players. It's all, like, guys that were in the NBA. Hmm. Uh, Jason Williams is in it. Mike Bibby's in it. Allen Iverson... I want MJ. Uh, MJ's got too much money for that. But I want him to play. (laughs) Maybe next year. All right, make it happen. (laughs) I'll see see what I can do. I'll text him. But, yeah, it's just... I'm so disappointed in the Bulls right now. Like, Jordan left and they decided they were going to go the rebuilding route. And that didn't work out. So then you hire John Paxson to help with the rebuilding. And it started working. For a few years there, like, they were getting better. You got guys like Lou Aldang, and then you drafted Joakim Noah, then you draft Derrick Rose. And Man, you, had, it you, had, you had Carlos Boozer, you had Taj Gibson. Like, you had a roster that was building and getting better and getting better. And then Rose gets hurt, Noah starts having injury problems, and then you decide, all right, everyone's gone, but not at once, slowly over time. <laughs> So we can give people hope that we'll get better while simultaneously getting worse. Makes me really upset to think about the fact that the Bulls have really been rebuilding since Jordan left. Yeah, they have. It's been almost 20 years of rebuilding. After six championships in eight years, they've reached the Eastern Conference Finals once. (sighs) Man. Once. And they lost to LeBron. That bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I hate that NBA. I'm I'm <sighs> just I'm just over it. Like. All right, three on three league it is. You in Austin? Which and that's how it's going to be. Uh, sure. That's going to be in the Olympics now. Yeah. In 2020. 
Well, there's also the regular basketball. Yeah, those will be the regular basketball. There'll also be three on three because that won't be professionals. That'll be um, more like they want younger players. Yeah, yeah. It'll be more like college athletes. Yeah, that'll be cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Well, anyone have anything else? Uh, Garpax can go die in a fire. I won't take it that far, but he, they can definitely just, like, like quit their job. Those permanent. Well, the thing is, like, Reinsdorf loves Garpax because they make him money. So, it's the it's the They make the him problem, money by trading players for money. The problem that the Bears, the problem that the Bulls have is the same problem that the Bears have. Like, ownership is ruining it. The McCaskies don't know how to do football. Reinsdorf doesn't know how to win an NBA championship without my, the best player that ever lived. <sighs> so Reinsdorf hires people that don't know anything and then likes them so much because he makes money from them that he'll never fire them. And then, therefore, they hire terrible people to coach who then want players who are not very good at basketball. Classic. It's the same thing with the Bears. The McCaskies don't know football, so they hire... GMs like Jerry Angelo, who don't know what they're doing, like it's just it it's a culture, and if you establish that culture of hey we suck, that's all you're gonna get, and your fans are not gonna appreciate it, because all you care about at the end of the day is how much money you're making at the end of the season, not if your fans are happy or if you're actually winning, because you know what brings in a lot of money, winning championships. Perfect example. The New England Patriots. Oh, man. Yep. The Patriots have a lot of money, and they're one of the highest. Uh, they have, oh, God, I'm trying to think. They are they're one, one of, of the most valuable franchises. There it is. That was the word I was looking for. Valuable. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> they're one of the most valuable t- franchises in sports right now. They're slowly creeping up on the Yankees which are still the most valued franchise in all of sports. And I believe... Shouldn't they also be creeping up on the Cowboys then? I'm pretty sure the Cowboys are still worth more. The Cowboys are, but not by a whole lot. Hmm. I think the last Forbes list I saw, the Cowboys were third, the Patriots were fifth. Hmm. And in between there, I think, was the Lakers. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, because yeah. I, I think right now uh, goes Yankees, Dodgers... Really, the Dodgers? The Do- well, the Dodgers have been around for a really long time. That's yeah, true. dating back to Brooklyn. They're a really old team. Dating back to Brooklyn. That's true. And I can't remember who number three was. I want to say you. <laughs> Dan just raised his hand. <laughs> Look, no, Dan, you're not the third most valuable franchise in Damn sports because you're not a franchise in sports. It could be. But I, I want to say it was another baseball team, and I almost I thought wa- you just said that the. Cowboys were third, and then the Lakers were fourth, and then. Well, no, I'm thinking fourth. But I want to say I want to say that like fourth was the Cubs, but I'm not entirely sure, just because they've been around for so long. Yeah, but. I know you want to know. say the Cardinals. No, are more, I'm not saying the valuable. Cardinals. Don't give me that sass. I don't think the Cubs are worth <clears throat> more just because. I'm look this up now because it's going to bother me if I don't. Been around forever. Because by the by that logic, the Bears should be worth a shitload. They were one of the first NFL teams. Yeah. Well, Austin, uh, we're looking yeah. that up. Would you like to fill this dead air? Uh, well, we can finish up. While you guys look this up. Hooray. Uh, so Where can they if find us? You guys. Yeah, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. You Twitter can find Facebook. us on Twitter and Facebook at the Shakedown Pod. You can also email us. Okay, excluding at this, the shake- I should say this list is excluding soccer teams. Because the top three are Real Madrid, Barcelona, teams. Manchester United, New York Yankees, Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Dodgers, Bayern Munich. New England Patriots, Washington Redskins, New York Giants. The Redskins? Again, they've been around a long team. Yeah. Um, You can email us, uh, theshakedownpodcast at gmail.com. 
We also have our website, Dark Nebula Entertainment. You can find in the Shakedown Podcast tab. Um, we still haven't had anybody write in. I don't see so why. please do that. I don't know. <sighs> We're lovable people who like to talk. You make us sad. And we do brilliant things like have dead air while we look up <laughs> who the most valuable yeah. sports franchises are. Yeah, and find the list that we weren't looking for, apparently. I was just waiting for you guys, and I'm like, surely they'll say something. Nope. Nope, naturally not. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, come back next time. We'll talk about something else. We'll talk about stuff and things. We'll talk about sex, yeah. baby. We're not we'll talking talk about, about that. you and me. No, We're not going to talk about that, that on this podcast. Why not? No. Anyways, uh, I'm your host, Dan Schweizer. <laughs> He's not going to let it go. I am Austin Stevens. And I'm your other host, Dylan Webster. No, you're not. You've missed a bunch. No, apparently anyone can be a host now, so screw (laughs) it. I'm the only one that hasn't missed any. Yet. No. Never going to miss. That's what you say now. Just wait and see. This has been the showdown. (laughs) Paul Schmidt run everything. He's pretty fucking smart. Alright, then he can run for president. He needs to run for governor first and fix this ass backwards state we live in. Oh god, it's can we just declare bankruptcy already? Can we just like absolve into all the other states around us? Because I would love to be part of Indiana. They already actually, no, I'd rather, actually no, I'd rather be part what state would I rather be part of? I think Missouri. Wisconsin. Why Wisconsin? Wisconsin, a pretty well-run state. Does yeah, this mean we can go cheese. to the Dells for free? Because I'm down for that. Sure. What if we get to, That's it. As new residents of Wisconsin, we get to go to the Dells for free for one year. Okay. I'm de- All right, that's it. It doesn't have to be consecutive years, so you can go for like a month, break it up, and then go back. <laughs> you mean an entire year? Yes. <laughs> yes. I have just solved the problem of the state of Illinois. <laughs> Dylan's gonna Except everyone will go to Wisconsin. Dylan's gonna go to the Dells two weeks a year for twenty six years. Fuck yeah, I am. That's <laughs> or he's gonna that. break that up and go one week a year for the rest of his life. <laughs> every every weekend for the rest of my life. <laughs> Dylan, what do you do on weekends? I go to the Dells for free. Why? I'm a resident of Wisconsin. It's in the contract. <laughs> I'm a resident of Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> 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 <laughs>